0: You're listening to a special edition of the Outpost podcast with Dr. Ray Mitch. Well, greetings and welcome, everybody, to another edition, uh, actually a special edition of the Outpost podcast. I did another one previously. This is part two. I have two young women who uh, have participated in this particular uh, silent retreat. Uh, one has done it before, the other one has never done one before, so uh, they have different thoughts and expectations in regarding in regards to what their experiences have been like and and uh, some pretty distinct opinions about it as well so um, <clears throat> the first one is a young woman by the name of Kiendra, and uh, she is uh, she was named our outstanding psych senior this year. And so, well, last, the, the year she graduated. So that would be what, two years ago or something like that. I don't know what it was. Um, and so that's, that's Kandra. And then uh, as we did the last one that I did, uh, w- we take a short break. I introduced the next retreatant that you get to listen in on. Uh, and then a few summary comments at the very end uh, to get us going. So, uh, as I've said before, without further delay, here is Kiandra.
1: My name is Keandra Birch. I graduated from CCU last, last spring. Yeah, I wanted to say last fall. <laughs> um, this is my third retreat. Uh, um, my senior year, I uh, did a lot of processing, <laughs> um, to put it lightly. Um, I was in three separate groups, classes, kind of processing things with my peers, meeting with Mitch, um, pretty much every week, I think. Um, and then went to my first silent retreat. Um, and I think it's kind of a strange phenomenon for me because I am very much like a busy bee always have to be doing something. Um, Maybe I'm avoiding something. Who knows? Um, but I think silent retreat is like the one place, and I have described it to my friends as this, but like the one place that i it's my job to do nothing um, and to just be present and connect with God and connect with um, the other people on the retreat because there aren't a whole lot of people that would fully understand this unless they've gone through it. Um, so, yeah, I think this year, even, I didn't really, at first I really wanted to come and then kind of a bunch of different things in life happened. And I was like, I don't have time for this, <laughs> um, ironically. And um, I kind of had to force myself and be like, no, it's, you have so much to process and, and, it is the only place where you'll really have the opportunity to do that. Um, and I think past retreats, I have kind of processed something big and then connected with God and connected with other people and like really felt seen and known by them. And then I could put a nice little bow on it and say, okay, like that part's done and I can put it away. And then this one in particular, uh, there is no bow, <laughs> so um, it's still a lot of like processing and everything, but it's very clear that I did need to come here. Um,
0: Based on what? So it's very clear that I needed to come here.
1: Well, on the first night, I we went through our fears and expectations and I said, well, I don't know if I'm actually doing well or if I'm just suppressing everything. Um, And I think I learned that I was just suppressing everything. So that's a super fun um, (laughs) realization to have, but kind of just like rather than close the chapter, it's done, it's more like opening the door to a whole boatload of skeletons um, that I have to kind of sift through. And I don't think I would have ever realized that had I not come here Um, and I probably would have just kept on living my life and going through my busyness and thinking that everything was fine but still feeling this like offness and numbness in junction with the semi-happy emotions that I would feel from time to time.
0: Um, I mean it creates a space for you to actually do that yeah you wouldn't otherwise do
1: that yeah absolutely because I think like we get so I get so caught up in just the busyness of life and like whether it's friends or boyfriends or my job or my family and all of the emotions and processing that comes with just like relating with other humans and having a life and trying to make enough money to survive. Like everything is very, very busy and packed full. Um, And I think in that space, it's like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Like, I don't have time to sit with my thoughts and actually open the door to everything that's going on. And I think this retreat in particular, like there were multiple times where I had to go to you or Saxby and be like, I can't feel anything. And I need just like your help to process this, um, to actually open that door because I didn't want to. And I think if I was in my life, it's so much easier to just say, nope, that's not happening right now. Uh, Because it's not fun. (laughs) It's really painful. Um, But the reason that we all continuously come back is, like, as painful and exhausting as it is. It's.
2: hmm,
1: Like, it's it's so worth doing that work and learning how to sit with yourself and with other people without all of the masks that we put on. Um, And I think, like, the people that are on this particular retreat, I've been on a few with, um, and we all keep coming back because as uh, Mitch so eloquently established with me last night, we're not done. (laughs) And There's no bow. It's just like continuously reminding ourselves how to relate and how to take off that mask and how to let ourselves be seen by ourselves and by other people um, because both are terrifying. And this is like the safest space to actually be able to accomplish that
0: really easy to avoid ourselves yeah and this creates a space that if you want to go into that you can't I mean
2: have you been on a retreat where somebody didn't do that you have
1: to use names I won't uh the person tried really really hard not to um and I think was so overwhelmed by their own, like, hatred for themselves and just not wanting anyone to be a part of it, that um, they had to leave, like, physically get up and pack all their things and just leave because it's so overwhelming and terrifying. Um, But then all of us were left just saying, like, I wish he'd come out. You know, um, and I think it's watching these people that I love, like, finally come to the surface and, like, let themselves be seen. But also watching the mask, like, slap back onto them immediately after. um, And the whole time we're just like, please come out. Please come out. I really want to see you. Um, And we don't really acknowledge that the rest of the people are doing the exact same thing with us because we are doing the same thing of like I would come out and then I can't feel anything again (laughs) weird (laughs) like um and everyone else is sitting there like come out come out come out like I miss you um yeah
0: well many thanks to Kiandra for Uh, Her honesty and forthrightness, and hopefully it gives you a little bit of a uh, bird's eye view of the interior of what goes into a silent retreat and the things that people um, wrestle with and walk through uh, in a variety of ways. The thing to keep in mind, and I'll just remind everybody, is that the silent retreat is not meant to be a therapeutic experience. It's meant to be a spiritual one, and so the role that I or Dr. Saxby play are not playing counselors, we are what uh, I think you would safely refer to as spiritual directors and our Our job in a lot of ways is is to see movements of the Holy Spirit in somebody else 's life and to point it out and to encourage and to get walk alongside of whatever that person is experiencing. And so that's the role we play. Uh, it, it is not just to adjust anybody's expectations that are listening to this. It's not a therapeutic group. It's never meant to be. It, uh, we certainly have things to say and to comment on and to observe. Uh, But it's not our role to be playing counselors in spite of the fact that it's rare that you will find two psychologists in the same room uh, talking about things like this. So just so you understand uh, the experience and what it is intended to accomplish rather than what uh, people are looking for, it is very tempting to get into the mode of thinking that we can get kind of free therapy out of it, room and board and everything else. And that is not what it's meant to be. So uh, enough on that point. Thank you very much to Keandra. And next up is a young woman by the name of Ellie. And this, she has never done a retreat before. So you have the opportunity to hear uh, two different spectrums. One person who uh, did it for three different times and the, one, the other person who has never done it before and what thoughts and, and reactions she has. So here's Ellie.
2: My name is Ellie. I am... Recent graduate of CCU this year, and uh, business majors. Since this is my first silent retreat, I was like, "Well, I don't really know what to expect," but also I'm really attuned to silence. I've done 24-hour silent, like personal silent retreats in the mountains, um, where I like get up really early and I stay really late, or I stay in a cabin and it's just myself and partly that solitude and partly that silence. Um, it's always intrigued me and it's a place that I always find so much rest. In. And so I think coming now, realizing that I did have a lot to work through and I had a lot that I was, I think I got too comfortable in the silence. I think the first day I kind of let myself just, I wanted to be uncomfortable, but I was realizing that I wasn't and that I was Filling the time with things, like good things, reading my Bible and journaling and praying, but I was avoiding the things that my heart really needed to hear and process through. So day two was a lot harder within that of like, okay, I actually am going to actually listen and be like, okay, there's a lot more under the surface that I'm really struggling with. And this was like the perfect time to really be like, what does Ellie want? What does Ellie want to do with her life? What putting everything else aside. There are no distractions. I am not set in who I am yet. I'm not fully sure what I want. This road is scary. I want a road map. And yet I don't. It's this weird dichotomy of like now, but not yet. I think I really got a lot of that this weekend. And I got a lot of rest. I got a lot of like things I've been longing for. Taking with me just a lot of like, okay, um, What does it look like to be intentional in the silence and not just seek it out, but actually like revel in it? Mm -hmm. And it's okay to not be intentional in the silence all the time. It's okay to just be like, I just need to breathe. And um, knowing when those times are and not just just living life, I can go full speed ahead, but also seeking out times where it's like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to sit and be present. And you don't have to work in it, but even the rest is working. And I'm okay with that. I think it's meant for everybody i don't think that it's like oh you only have to be introverted to really enjoy it it's like silence is for anybody and it's so restorative for all people and we just don't get it
0: all right well there you have it uh, many thanks to ellie and to key for taking the time to do a short interview with me and to give me their observations and and uh, ideas and reactions to the silent retreat itself i 'm glad that they took the time to do that you You are hearing them at a time in their lives when uh, it 's a pivot point they 're at the end of their college careers and they 're looking toward the future and uh, There was plenty of things that came up that were I think very rich and helpful for both of them, and that 's about them so um, as I uh, mentioned last time uh, that we did this the part one. Um, Then, when you when you listen to something like this, maybe there's something that catches your attention, or uh, you you notice a uh, intake of air, a gasp of what you heard, because it's so much like your your experience or uh, the the observations that they're making. There, I am uh, well. I should say I continue to be uh, humbled and also just um, amazed at some of the insight that these young people have into their own. Uh, spiritual condition and what their needs are and what they're willing to and how courageous they're willing to be to move into some of these places that I have met a lot of people that are a lot older than them who are really not uh, willing to go into those places. They keep the course. It's known. It's predictable. It's comfortable. And so they, they can just keep going as they've always done and they end up getting what they've always gotten. So um, so there's that. And then I, as I oftentimes will end many of the podcasts, I'll just mention our need as far as, uh, partnering with us financially to support our, our, um, Uh, our retreats and the work that I do on the podcast and, and uh, Lord willing, getting some guests on the podcast that would allow you to have some other points of view on a variety of topics that are relevant to uh, your spiritual journey and what it's like. So, Stay tuned. But if you're willing to do that and help us and to partner with us, we would be ever so grateful. Uh, you can just simply go to the donate link on sgi-net.org and, and be able to find out how to go about doing that. All of the gifts, CC, or uh, SGI is a tax-deductible uh, organization, so all the gifts are tax-exempt uh, de- or tax-deductible, I should say. And so you'll get a receipt every month for any of the uh, generosity that you show us as far as the, the retreats are concerned. Big doings coming up. I mentioned this last time, uh, the, the uh, book launch for my new book, The Seasons of Our Grief. Is coming out. I got my very first copy a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it it's a very, very nicely done book, and the artwork and everything else that's part of it is. Of course, I've got a dog in the fight because it's my book, but uh, be that as it may, I think it it is a uh, well done as far as the the uh, uh, graphics and art, artistry that is on the front cover and, and everything else that goes into making a book like this that I never really have been a part of. So there's that that uh, is coming up on uh, January 16th. The book gets released on Amazon. You can always look it up under my name at at uh, Dr. Ray Mitch, M-I-T-S-C-H. And you'll find not only the Grieving the Loss of Someone You Love book, but you'll you also find this one now. And they are allowing, Amazon's allowing people to pre-order, if they're so inclined, uh, to read a book like this. It is very different than your typical um, didactic, teaching-based uh, approach to talking about grief. It's a seasonal approach at looking at grief except that I'm not teaching you about it or telling you about it. I'm showing you how it works and how people go through it by following two young people in their lives of uh, losses and the grief they experience and what it's like. So feel free to to, uh, either link to it from the website at sgi-net.org. Uh, Or you can also find it on Amazon as well under my name. It is the seasons of our grief. It is not the seasons in grief or anything like that. It's just close enough for for another book out there that uh, you might end up in the wrong place thinking you've got the right book, but uh, just make sure that the author is me, not somebody else. So, And that's kind of obvious. I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence on that. Also, just as far as our fundraising efforts, we have window stickers that are, uh, I think, pretty cool. And uh, if you're interested in doing something like that, it's just $5.00 uh, but it all goes toward our fundraising efforts to support and subsidize uh, these silent retreats for young people to participate in. Uh, and that is that is also found on the, uh, the SGI website under um, um, the SGI store, and you'll see them there, uh, and we can send one out to you as soon as we get your order if you're so inclined to do something like that. And it all helps. It all helps. Um, We're going to start out the year focusing on um, grief and loss uh, in anticipation of the book launch at some point in time. So um, the the other thing is uh, uh, an interview I did with a student of mine, a former student of mine by the name of Josh Korak, and he has a a website or a, uh, I should say, a podcast he calls Care with Korak. Uh, and you can listen to it on the website at sgi-net.org, or of course you can also uh, listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes. He's he can be found there under Care with Korak, K with K A R E with Korak, K-O-R-A-C. So Josh Korak is his name. Uh, I would recommend it. He has a variety of guests on the the, uh, podcast with him to talk about a a broad range of topics that uh, he uh, uh, asked me to speak a little bit about shame on. So... There is that uh, you can hit the website and subscribe to our community. Uh, if you know somebody that would is uh, looking for a um, a uh, what I say worthy nonprofit to give to you, they can always send us a check at uh, SGI P.O. Box 322, East Lake, Colorado, 80614. So that's it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to listen in and hear the voices from silence. And we will have uh, at least a couple more episodes of this, and they're special editions, so they're not going to follow any particular timeline um, it 's just whenever I can get them together and put them out for you to listen to it 's all the old school there 's no video, um, so you just get to to uh, either drive and listen you 're not having to don't worry about, uh, being able to see what it is I'm talking about at any given point in time. If you want to see the video, uh, there is no video of these, but, uh, when, w- when the podcast comes out and it's a video podcast, you can also watch that on the website as well. So that's it for tonight. Thanks so much for joining me. Love you later. Bye.